Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltzen. <laughs> Holy shit, sleaze. Do we have some stuff to get into? We're going to get to Joaquin Neiman in the Genesis Invitational. But first, we got to talk about the SGL. The people over in Saudi, Phil Mickelson, a major bomb was dropped on them Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I feel I almost feel bad for Joaquin Neiman putting together one of the best 36-hole performances I can remember in a long time, 16 under around rib, and like all the talk was around Phil and the comments about the SGL. And like there was that was a nuke dropped on this thing. I mean, we've been talking about this league for a long time. It seems like the attention comes up, then it comes down, then some other names get floated, and we talk about it again. And then this weekend, I mean, you know, the rumor was that they had 17 guys signed. They were going to announce during the Players' Championship and all that. And now after the guys that came out this weekend uh, said, I'm committed to the BJ Tour for sure going forward. It's, I mean, it's every big name in golf. So at this point, I don't know if it goes forward or if it does, who they're going to be, who's going to be carrying the flag for that thing. Sunday morning, I woke up, saw Dustin Johnson release a statement saying he's committed to the PGA Tour. I was flipping over between Golf Channel and the CBS coverage. And we got a word in our ear that Bryson DeChambeau just released a, a statement saying... I'm committed to the PGA Tour as long as the best tour players in the world are there. So that's still, Very he's got an out. Language but Bryson there. was the guy that seemed like he was going to be the main man over there. And for him to back out was very, very surprising to me. And if you look at the list of guys who have said no, it's now Bryson, Dustin, Rory, Brooks, John Rahm, Justin Thomas. Who else is on there? Spieth. I, Speed. I mean, it's like it's who the everybody. hell are you gonna get? Who's who's gonna be the top ranked guy that goes over there? This whole thing, I mean, it's named the SGL, the Super Golf League. Like it was billed as this is gonna rival the PGA Tour. We're gonna have stars. We're gonna pay you more money. Come over here and get paid. And now looking at it, like, all right, even if this thing does happen, who's your top ranked guy? Is nobody after all those guys that is gonna move the needle single handedly? Uh, and, and you need like a group of them. I, I was when we were talking about this, I was like, I think you need half the top ten or something like that. You know, you got to take some dudes that move the needle, and they don't got any. Assuming everybody's telling the truth, they don't got any of those guys. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Obviously, Phil created a lot of buzz with his comments about the PGA Tour and the Saudis in an article with Alan Shipnuck. I mean, he said Shippy. some pretty crazy things in that article. Um, I'm not going to get into that here. Mostly just talking about the PGA Tour, their obnoxious greed, and all this, but. In my opinion, I don't know how you feel. I think that's going to come back and backfire on him. Yeah, I think Phil is always calculated, always kind of planning one step ahead, knows how to tilt the scales towards his favor, not afraid to throw his weight around. I'm more shocked than anything that he would give those quotes to a golf writer and be like, and think that it's all going to be okay. Like those are going to get out. This wasn't behind closed doors at a at a dinner or something like that. That was straight up to a golf writer, and then these things come out, and I feel like he just. He misplayed his hand. I think he was trying to use this as leverage all along, and now it's coming out with the, the way he's gone at the PGA Tour. This is the first time in history. I mean, he's one of the most beloved guys, most popular guys on the PGA Tour for 30 years plus. I've never once seen other players, especially top-tier players like Rory, come well, out and get take shots yeah. at Phil, ever. Justin Thomas came out. Rory McIlroy came out after his round on Sunday and was asked about Phil Mickelson's comments. He said, quote, I don't want to kick someone while he's down, obviously, but I thought they were naive, selfish, egotistical, ignorant. A lot of words to describe that interaction he had with Shipnook. It was just very surprising and disappointing. Sad. I'm sure he's still sitting at, I'm sure he's sitting at home, sort of rethinking his position and where he goes from here, end quote. Yeah. I mean, that's from Roy McElroy, who is the nicest, most caring guy out there. But at the same time, you take a shot at the PGA Tour, which has been Phil's home for 25 plus years. Listen. I think everyone in every single sport, whether it's NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, like players want it to be better. 
That's just human nature. Everyone That's what wants we are. We want it to be better. We want it to be more money and all this. But man, to to bury him the way Phil did, I thought was a big mistake. Yeah, and when you get a guy like Rory, like you mentioned, like he's one of the most thoughtful interviews in golf. When he talks, people listen. And this is the first time, like I said, that I can remember where other players are coming out and criticizing Phil Mickelson. He's been incredibly popular with the players. President's Cup, Ryder Cups, all those things. They seem to always have Phil's back. This is the first time uh, that I can think that that's not the case. And I think Phil, he's been quiet throughout the weekend. You know, he didn't play the Genesis. He hasn't heard from him on social media, anything like that. If I'm his team, I think you you got to get in front of this quick. The longer you go, the more the anticipation builds. And I think he's got one or two, one or two routes. One, show some remorse, say, hey, I was trying to use this to better the PGA Tour. That was my intent. It kind of I got some quotes that were, you know, I, I apologize for. Uh, I know they sound bad, or you double down and 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 stay with it and and lean into it more. So I think he's got to go one of two ways. Yeah, I'm interested to see when he plays again next. He's over the years played Bay Hill many a times, the Players' Championship pretty much always. He likes to warm up before the Masters. Played that's that's yep. San Antonio Valero, and then there's Augusta National. At some point, he's going to show up and he's going to have to face the music, and also. It's going to be a different atmosphere, I would imagine, walking into the locker room, walking into player dining, and being around your peers at on like playing on the PGA Tour, the tour that you shit all over. Yeah, it definitely. It's going to be. That's why I think the moment that he speaks to the media for the first time is going to be a big, big moment. And the longer it goes, the more the anticipation builds, the bigger that it gets. I think he needs to come out and say something right away and put this to bed and just let it simmer a little. It's not going to go away until he gets to a golf tournament and gets in front of the media and answers them directly. But even if he puts out a statement or something, just put this thing on I th- simmer I don't like for a the little statement. bit. I, I think with what he did at the magnitude it is, I don't like the statement. I think you've got to go in person and just own it. Well, yeah, he's got to. At some point, he's, he's going to have to get up there. They're not going to forget about this. Oh, he didn't play for a month. Like, you know, and the next time he shows up, they're just going to ask him about his game. He's going to have to answer for this face-to-face. But you could put something out and say, like, hey, I look forward to speaking to everyone at this event, and here's what happened, and just kind of chill it out a little bit. I also like the fact that when Rory was asked, I was like, yeah, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but here, but here I go. <laughs> triple suplex guillotine. I'll just choke this guy out right here. Uh, yeah, so he prefaced it with, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, and then just drop the bomb on him. But yeah, man, Phil, for the first time in a long, long time, um, Phil's kind of not Mr. Popular right now, and, and he's going to have to come up with what he's going to say and, and try to spin this in the right light. No, and I know some people on the Saudi tour side, and speaking to them, like, I mean, this was a bomb dropped on them. They were complete in complete shock. Never expected this to happen the way it did. So it'll be very interesting going forward to see what happens with the SGL. Do you think but, it ever happens? Do you think they actually no. hold an event now at this point? Assuming they might hold an event, but it's, it's, it's going to be nothing. Yeah, like, what are you going to, like, people are going to show up for that? Like, oh, our best player is the 29th ranked player in the world or whatever it is. They're gonna well, get. I mean, now it's just like, okay, now we're just trickling down the world golf rankings. Who are we going to get next? Who are we going to get next? You get to the 80th player in the world and say, hey, we'll give you 5 million bucks to come play. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, there are guys that will jump all over yeah. that if the money keeps trickling down, but it's not going to affect the, the product of the PGA Tour. All the guys that you needed to be the premier tour in the world are all staying on the PGA Tour yeah. as of right now. Well, and some positive news. Tiger Woods showed up at the Genesis Invitational last week. He is the tournament host, was in the booth with Jim Nance, looked great, sounded great, was very uncommittal about his schedule, which I totally understand. Of course. But, you know, his biggest thing was, I got to be able to walk 18 holes four days in a row, which around Augusta National, where we want to see him, is rather difficult. But we did hear mm-hmm. a report. There's 52 steps going from 18 green up to the clubhouse. I've walked them. They suck. I mean, you're out of Take breath a break, when you get up there. Set up base camp. And apparently Tiger strolled up him, no limp, no problem, all good. 
I mean, just from where we saw him at the PNC with Charlie, like the way he was swinging, I was like, oh, my God, this is miles ahead of where I thought he was. And then now I'm, there's no days off, I'm sure, for Tiger. He's working on it. I, I got to think physically he's probably okay. It's just where's my golf game? Can I compete? I don't think he wants to go out there and be a ceremony. Like, oh, I'll put the tee in the ground, but my game stinks right now. I don't think we'll see him until he feels confident in his golf game. But, damn, just seeing him this week. I mean, just rewind a year ago when we saw him out there. I mean, he looked like a different person this year no compared doubt. to last year. And I don't know. I don't want to jinx anything, but I got to think Augusta seems very real at this I point. Totally agree with you. Uh, let's go to the Genesis Invitational and the champion, Joaquin Neiman, put on a show 16 under through two rounds, obliterated the scoring record. Cameron Young, who was in second, also broke the He's scoring record. He's got to feel like shit. Like the 30, one week yeah. I run up against this. Yeah. But ends up shooting 19 under for a two shot victory over Colin Morikawa and Cameron Young. Just. The kid, you know, we we don't he's going to be a superstar. He's he's only 23 years old. Feels like he's been out there for 10 years yeah. already. But, man, that was a hell of a show. Went wire to wire, first person since 1969 in Charlie Sifford. But he put on a clinic, man. Dude, that first 36 was some of the best 36 holes of golf. 63-63 round rip. By the way, he didn't make hardly anything, the especially first, the, first the first day. day 55 feet of putts, longest putt, nine feet. Nine feet, 63. And then you shoot a 63, like, okay, it's hard to back up. Bam, he goes and does it again. Dude, he got to 21 under through 46 holes of the golf tournament. Good math. That's crazy. I mean, that's Your math that is the, nuts. The, Both the of those things under. are incredibly impressive. But it's always been the putter. Like, you know, his ball striking's there. It seems like week in, week out. Putter's a little iffy. Whatever he did. I mean, through the first 36, he led in strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting. So there you go. He does that. He's a problem because the Tita Green, it's awesome. Yeah, Dottie Pepper was with his group for CBS. I was in the next-to-last group. He makes Eagle on 10 to go to yeah. 21 under. He's leading by six. And I'm like, well, I'm just basically getting paid to walk out here and walk around and watch golf because I'm they're never going to send it to my group. There's nothing to show here. Then Tiger gets in the booth. I'm like, hmm, well, I'm rather bored. Here we go. I'm, I'm just like, going to lay down. Can you slow down a little bit? Under make, a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Make it a little more interesting. But congratulations, Joaquin Neiman. Second PGA Tour victory. Uh, more to come. Definitely more to come. It is like that's kind of the running joke. Like, wow, he's only 23 years old. But damn, he is only 23 years old. He's been out there for forever. He picked up his second now. And and just if the putting say this about a few guys, but if the putting becomes average, just okay, he's going to contend and put himself in the hunt tons because Tita Green is sweet. I will show you something. It's obviously hard to show right here, but he's working with a guy named Steven Sweeney. Same guy Luke List worked with. And Steven sent me some pictures of a year ago compared to today. Of his putting stroke, oh my goodness! What's the biggest difference? Posture. He looked like a twelve handicap setting up. A it looked good. Year. Like this oh, whole now week, I was fantastic. like, "How is he always putt bats? What, what goes wrong? It looked good. I mean, the the last day, a couple little shorties, expect, but also nervous as shit, trying to lead wire to wire. That's got to be exhausting. And the names behind him were big. Colin Morikawa tried to make I that mean, thing interesting. Top that, ten in the world are there. That Eag kind of put it all to bed. I felt like on eleven, but yeah, he was for a guy that can't chip. By the way, Colin Morikawa supposedly can't chip. Seems to hold out a shitload of chips. Who says he can't chip? And say like that's, I mean, he's known as a ball striker. Obviously, he's it's like he's a up, chipper. I mean, he holds a ton of them. Yeah, and those ones he was holding out there. Victor were Hovland's a, a shitty chipper. Yeah, I know Victor Hovland. He's gotten <laughs> he got so much better. Dude. He, he has. had some great chips this week. That's why he always is in the hunt now. It feels like he is. But speaking of gorgeous things, our guest this week. Mm. What was that jacket he wore? Was it suede? That thing was like a velvety suede-ish, something I hadn't seen before. It was like out of Elvis's closet. Like wow, a little very down Elvis get up. But was has been a superstar since he was in diapers. First got to see him when he was 17 years old at the U.S. Open at Olympic Club. At one point had the lead. Goes on to great career at the University of Texas. Now he's on the PGA Tour. Just had a great finish at Pebble Beach a couple weeks ago. Got to think Bo Hostler 
and a win is coming soon. Yeah, if he just drives it somewhat straight. I think statistically, a few events ago, he was like dead last in accuracy on the PGA Tour. It's not good. That's tough to win against those guys hitting it the way they do. So if he just straightens it up just a little bit, and he's grinded, he's changed his golf swing a lot, you know the talent. When you're a kid that's that good from the jump all the way up to the you know, PGA Tour, it's kind of just getting getting comfy, getting everything figured out. But, yeah, he's starting to show some flashes, especially at Pebble. I mean, you would think with a swing like he's got, after one Colin Montgomery, he would drive it up a gnat's ass. I mean, he's got the DNA. You know what I mean? <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far, typically. All right. He's well, tightened up a lot, though. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's in that gym right now. All right. Well, here he is, Bo Hostler on Golf Subpar. All right, we are joined by an absolute beauty, dressed up to the nines, by the way, and I'm mm. very appreciative of that. You've been watching him make tweets since the man was in braces. He led the U.S. Open at the ripe age of 17. Now he's a grizzled PGA Tour vet. The Bo Show, Bo Hostler. What's going on, brother? Grizzled, that's a first. Grizzled, you like that? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And you're looking, by the way, very trim. You're in, you're in that gym right now, huh? Yeah, I, I took a page out of your book. Don't do anything just and lay to, around. Yeah, correct. Drink just a lot trying, of Red trying Bull. to keep those keep those legs a little smaller. Yeah, it's always leg day, bro. <laughs> Is that an audio book? <laughs> You're on it. <laughs> What's your secret? Do nothing. Yeah, just correct. lay around. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Have but, you been putting a lot of work in though? Yeah. Yeah. Off what, season. Just trying more speed, lose weight, both all. Mm, I mean, I think everybody wants more speed. Yeah, I mean that'd be great, but it wasn't like speed training. I just. I don't know. I figured I'd get in shape for a month and a half. Love you just rather than just rather than just crush. I see the numbers on Instagram. You're throwing up some big numbers, speed wise. They're big. I mean, they're, they're almost as big as yours. Legit numbers, but yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, be realistic. But I know you're going, and I you're guess. working on that swing a lot. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, you golf swing. I see. I it's see been a it's Instagram. been a revitalization. What are you doing, what, Dana Dalquist? What are you changing, Dana Dalquist? Yeah, sorry, um, Dana Dalquist. It's been a uh, double D. Yeah, it's been a project. So what is it? Why'd you recreate it? It was no, it's been I was pretty hitting good. It. I was hitting it poorly. Can I say shitty? Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I was hitting it like dog shit for three years. Yeah, there you go. I was tired of it. So, how big of a process is that to go through? I mean, because you you saying it's a pretty big swing change. Like, how long does that take, and when do you finally feel comfortable? Yeah, it was big. I mean, it's really big to be honest. Um, I started working with him. I think like November last year. Or so like 20, 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, a year and change now. And I'd say easily it took me eight months to like feel was comfortable it to in, feel a tur- these? In, in a tournament. No, I feel fine. Like it took me six months for it to feel like good ever. Yeah. I mean, like where I could do it where on the golf course. you were just thinking of everything. Yeah. And then eight months really probably till I could do it in a tournament. Um, but it's still, I mean, you know, there's there's still conscious thought. Of course, but it's way like I think the path. I just have way more understanding of what I need to do, mm-hmm. and I think, I think by trial and error as well. Like I might be trying to do something, and you might try and do the same thing, but we might have to think about different things in order to do it. If mm-hmm. that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. And so figuring that out, figuring out the things that I need to be conscious of, and the certain things that kind of affect my ball flight or whatever, and I just it's you have to correlate them right you have to correlate like oh when i feel this like generally this happens and until you can do that under pressure yeah i think that's the biggest thing is under pressure like you can go do all this work it's great on the range okay it's great on a practice round but once the pressure amps up you're going to revert back to those old habits and it's how do you keep from doing that a hundred percent and 
the fact is I believe that you'll always revert in some way that direction, right? Like if, if you don't think that you're going to do that, like I think you're oblivious. And so, yeah, you've trained your whole life to right, swing it that way. Right. You're changing it. Right. So I think being ready for that and having a couple thoughts that you have that can kind of at least get you back dialed in a little bit is, is huge. And that's kind of the direction that I've gotten lately. And it's funny, like even the, I had a really good off season. Um, and then, you know, I did actually did a bunch of golf club work. It's interesting how like all those things intermingle. Like you start swinging the club differently and mm -hmm. it doesn't like I need to be flatter or more. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. Like it was significant. Like I've never really been that into equipment, but the stuff that I did this winter was pretty eye opening. And it's it's kind of matched up with the, the things that I'm working on in my swing, which is really good. We well, did it just recently at Pebble. I mean, you had a hell of a hell of a tournament you were right there on 18 chance the eagle potentially get in a playoff that's got to right. get and you're hitting some fucking good shots down the stretch like right. that drive on 18 like that's got and driver's been kind of the thing for you that's got to be right. until you do it in competition it actually shows up you got it like there's some questioning I, I feel like until that actually happens 100 percent. and um it's funny i missed the cut at sony missed the cut at tory and both of those tournaments I left feeling like my game was in good shape. And you know how, like, it's it's amazing how tight the margins are between mm -hmm. playing, like, playing well and not scoring well and playing well and scoring really well, right? Mm -hmm. And so I knew my game was in good shape, but it's, you know, I do, like, an interview after the third round, and, you know, the guy's asking me questions, but I can tell, like, the tone of it is, like, basically, like, you've been playing, like, dog shit. Like, where is this coming from, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as a player... <laughs> I'm like, no, I've been playing well. Like, but you get tired of saying that when you're not actually scoring well. Well, yeah, you when, just when see the score at the end of the day. It's like 73. So score, score. You know, like yeah. he's obviously. I don't ask you how you shot 77, sleeves. I just know. The you just know I, I get really the job care. done, bro. Correct, because yeah. I know you're getting those pops. Hundred percent. But you look at Tory Pines. I mean, the cuts three under par there, which right. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a major championship golf course. Right. I know the north is a little easier, but it's the fairways are 12 yards wide. It feels like. Right. And didn't you shoot two under at Torrey? I did. Yeah. I mean, that's I, not bad golf. No, yes. it's it's funny you say that because the first round I play the south first, and I don't care. The weather was fantastic, mm -hmm. but you were there, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The rough was up. Yeah. I mean, it was four inches, and it's standing straight up over seed rye, and it's thick with kukuya. I mean, it's if you miss the fairway, you're in trouble, and I think if you were to ask most guys on tour any day of the year to go shoot even par at Torrey, you've done okay. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Par better, you're on the south, you've done well. So I shoot one over and I'm like, all right, that's fine. But I'm in the back of my head, I'm like seeing these scores on the north. I'm like, geez, like this cut's probably going to be a couple under, which even a couple under is like low there. That's, I feel a, like. that's one you just feel like it's got to be even at best. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's and an so, how hard they've made the North. Then. It's yeah. not like a layup anymore. It's not like no, you shoot 68 I mean, there. the best way I could describe the North is, you know, it used to be like sh very short. Yeah. They've got 11 or 12, like quality, fairly difficult holes. The, the difference is you can just destroy the par fives because they're all like very mm -hmm. reachable. And there's two borderline drivable par fours so you got six like really good opportunities whereas like on the south you basically have none because you can't reach the par fives yeah you know and the greens on the north are redone bent they're they're pure like you can fill it up on the north and then the south you're like knee knocking yeah. four footers all day but it just shows you too like how good the quality of golf has gotten too and yeah the i think the average viewer at home wouldn't realize how much the cut going from 70 in ties to 65 in ties mm -hmm. changed things like it's made some cuts just weird numbers right and so i haven't seen these 
these numbers directly, but I had heard, you know, they basically ran the numbers the one, two, or three years before they changed it to 65, and they said that it would have affected like three cuts a year or something, right? That's it. Well, I just think people play whatever the amount is, it's going to be like players are going to play well enough to make the cut, if that makes sense. So like that happened, and then something like the first six out of eight events that they changed the cut, like it actually affected it. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, you talk to like some of the older guys on tour, maybe that have been out here at least like just call it 10 or 12 years, whatever. And a lot of them would say like the cut generally, if you shot under par, you'd pretty much make mm-hmm. most of the cuts. Well, that- and nowadays, I mean, you're seeing cuts at literally five, six under par sometimes yeah. out in Vegas, like three under par seems normal. Yeah. Corn numbers. Well, that's a great yeah. example of what you just said, how, you know, when they did the research, it didn't affect it. But then if you think like, say you're at whatever so you're even par and you're t67 in right. the old days and you got 15 feet it's like okay let's just down and two yeah, yeah. we don't need to run 100%. this by now if you're t67 you're like okay i gotta make you this. gotta hoop it yeah i think it's totally a strategic thing mm-hmm. and also i think likely in the the difference in let's just call it a 10 year age group is like success at an early age is like way more acceptable now mm-hmm. and it's like players come out at 21 to 25 and play awesome golf, win golf tournaments, win majors. Whereas like before, when I grew up, when I was, you know, 10 years old, whatever, like it seemed to me like 30 was like considered pretty young on tour. Yeah, it was. That was like your prime. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now you're seeing, obviously you guys know, I mean, a lot of the best players in the world are literally 24, 25, 26, 27 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that there's a different attitude, um, but with the pl- younger players, I think it's like, look, we're gonna go freaking eat this place alive, no yeah. matter what it's yeah. like. And they can do it. And they can do it. They're and, doing it. There just know. used to be like one guy, maybe right. it would come out. Now right. it's like there's flocks of them coming out. Well, you were not too terrible as a young little pup coming right. up. Said you've been making tweets since you were in braces. Seventeen years old, you led the U.S. Open. At Olympic, mm-hmm. uh, looking back on now that you've had more time to be in, you know, in the pro ranks, you grizzled that, like I said, do you look back on that and just be like, holy shit, I was 17. Like, I didn't even know what was I was second US Open. What I was right. doing. And it was your second. Yeah. yeah. But I also look at that like tournament, in my opinion, as difficult as it is, when you go play that event with no expectation, it's like pars your friend like when is that ever the case on tour like you go shoot two over on the front you're like it's all good like let me get in the house at a couple over and you're in contention shoot two over on the front in vegas like i might as well not play the next day Change i mean, literally life. i have to shoot 59 <laughs> yeah. to make the Book a nightclub but it's hard as shit to shoot two over <laughs> yeah it is like, but i just think golf. i think it's easier like in my opinion when you play a harder course like i even still prefer to play harder courses because it's there's way more to it than just like, let me go hit driving range shots. You have to like play the game. You have to be smart. You have to strategize. You have to miss in the right places. And like, I think that that starts to like narrow down the amount of players that can really like contend versus you go play um, Palm Springs, the, the, you yeah. know, the MX, like can kind of spray it wherever you get a pretty mint lie. You're hitting wedge on every hole. The greens are pretty flat. And like, there's just not that much penalty for like, making mental errors um and basically it's it's like a 
it's a putting contest and a wedge contest, you know? Yeah, I think that's why you see, like, not to just over-talk t- Torrey Pines, but the best of the best rise to the top at Torrey Pines, it seems like. I mean, you don't fake uh, it around that place. No, I, no. And, and to be fair, like I was saying earlier, any day of the year that you play there, it's a little bit of firmness on the greens and a, maybe an inch more of rough away from a legit U.S. Open golf course yeah. on any given day. Okay. But, you know, you you have the success at the U.S. Open at 17. You know, you've, you've played great in junior golf. Obviously, you're on a national scene now playing well at a major championship. Was there any thought of maybe bypassing college and getting started early? No. Good. <laughs> I just, no. It wasn't even a consideration. I mean, this, like... I think that's incredibly like short-sighted, right? To just think that you can play. Forget if it's a U.S. Open or a Corn Ferry event or whatever, but like you play a good one week. I mean, everybody. I mean, you've broken par before. Yeah, dude. He's looking at Slee's yeah. <laughs> for our audio listeners. Couple of times, couple of times, bro. And so I'm just saying, that anybody can black out for a period of time. Yes. And it wasn't just one week. I played awesome that whole summer. Like I, you know, I won the Junior World at Torrey Pines. Which is again challenging event, and um, yeah, I just I think that's short sighted. Like I think that there's value in playing to the appropriate competition and winning mm-hmm. and contending, right? Because it's tough. I mean, I look at like I was glad this week having played at Pebble and being in contention, and I know I didn't win, but like I felt. I felt more calm then than I do in 20th place. Interesting. And I don't know why that is, um, but I was really, really glad to feel like that again because the fact is, is like if you're not playing great golf and you're on the PJ Tour, you're not playing that many rounds that you have a, a chance to win a golf tournament. And so you're not putting yourself in a position to, you can't like, you can't recreate the feeling that you have then, right? Like it only shows up when you're literally doing it. And so I was excited about the fact that I felt really, really, really freaking good. Um, and I felt like I could win this tournament no problem. Now, it came down to literally a score. Like I just didn't play well enough, but it was not like a I'm not mentally prepared to win. Did you feel more comfortable because you feel more comfortable with your swing now after all this time? And you knew like this thing's in a good spot. I'm doing it over and over as opposed to like trying to grind to make the cut. You're like, it's not all the way clicking here, but maybe I can just get to the weekend. I think the difference is, yeah. I mean, certainly like the technical aspect helps because I feel like the the dispersion's tighter, right? Like the misses are smaller and I feel like I can, I have a really good idea of what I'm trying to do, like I was saying earlier. But the main thing is when I'm playing well. I was glad to not get ahead of myself. I never thought about winning the golf tournament. I didn't, I knew, you know, I was three over through five holes, like not from like a nervy start. It was literally like the wind was all over the place. We misjudged it a couple times. It cost me. And then I kind of got to like the meat of the golf course. Like, you know, like basically once you hit hole eight, you're kind of hanging on mm-hmm. basically yeah. the whole way in, especially if there's any wind from the North, cause the whole back nines into the wind. It's brutal. And I was freaking playing awesome. Like I was hitting quality shot after quality shot after quality shot, but I was never thinking beyond the shot that was in front of me. Um, And I feel like sometimes when I'm in 20th place, I'm like trying to, trying to intentionally finish hot Mm -hmm. instead of just like 
let me just take this and do the best that I can with it, be the most committed that I can and whatever it is, it is, right? Like I think it's it's almost easier for me to swallow losing the tournament knowing that I didn't get ahead of myself and I was just very committed to what I was doing. And I did a really good job of that and it's it's freaking hard to do. I think this is going to be Sleaze's most important episode to date for his preparation for the Mid-Am right. next mm. year because he's one of those guys, you know, he goes out for the qualifier and he birdies the first hole and he starts writing his master's acceptance speech. I forgot every speech written already. <laughs> you got it written. <laughs> no matter what I win, Grammy, Oscar, master's, right. it's dialed. See, this is great. You should go back and listen to this before you tee it up. Yeah, I'm not big into the one shot at a time. I'm more like one good shot. Think about right where are we going later. Right. Yeah, what are we gonna do with all this money? Right, that's more what from I'm from the mid am. You know what I'm talking about from right. the mid am. Right, you know there's some all this money from uh, the nil. Under the the table, nil, yeah. dude. You know what it's like. You went it's to unofficial Texas. prize. You went to money. Texas for a reason. I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, but why did USC? Why Texas? Being a California kid, I just um, I love the coach. Coach Fields is mm-hmm. awesome. I don't know how well you know him, Colt, but he's, I mean, he's the best. Told me I sucked in high school, but whatever. Yeah, he's got a good eye. Was he right? <laughs> well, I don't know. It worked out all right. <laughs> got so, me to a podcast. There you go. So um, I love the coach. Obviously, the school's great. Um, academically, like I was in business school there. Um, but I think the main thing for me was being around really good players. Uh, seeing players go there and develop and become tour players and having success out here is huge. And having that competition on a day-to-day basis as well as in California, I grew up playing on Kikuya and Ryegrass, which is like the easiest thing ever to to play on. And there was like a learning curve on playing in Bermuda yeah. and playing in weather that wasn't perfect every day. Um, and I think it made me better. I mean, I was I was literally inept on Bermuda the day I showed up at campus. Like I would go play junior tournaments in Florida, like at Sawgrass. And I, I, I couldn't chip. I couldn't make a four footer. That was like a cross grain putt, like all these things. And if you're not, you grew up on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you don't grow up on that, like it's, it's different and it's, it takes a lot of experience. And so, I mean, literally the first six months at, at Texas, like I've struggled to chip and my short game's like, I'm a good yeah. short game player. That's what you do. Yeah. Right. And so um, it took me a while. And, you know, even still, like, I strongly prefer playing. Like, I love the West Coast swing. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Poana. Um, I love Kakuya. I love overseeded rye like we have this week um, in Phoenix. And I think it's easier than when we go over and play the Honda and you're chipping off some tight, you know, grainy Bermuda. Yeah, it's tough. And, and it's tough even for people that grew up yeah. playing on that. But... If you didn't, mm-hmm. if I didn't have that experience going to Texas, like I would probably yeah. still struggle significantly more than I do. It's like I learning a language. Yeah. Yeah. If you start it's early, very it's way easier. Yeah. You start at 20, it's right. hard. 100%. Well, I know you had a lot of success in college, particularly your junior year, win the Haskins Award. You decided to turn pro a year early. Right. Take us through that process because, I mean, you're, you're a year away from graduating. Mm-hmm. You know, one more year of maybe some more success in college, but you decided to turn early. What, what right. went through that decision? Um, I think that you're always weighing, I mean, you're weighing opportunities, right? It's opportunity costs. Like what, what was the cost of me going back to school? The cost was if I say, I just go play. Okay. I play good, but I I played awesome my junior year. I mean, Mm -hmm. I won six times. I won the Haskins award. Like Mm -hmm. in a way I felt like 
I was ready to compete professionally. And that's a, that's a, that's the majority of the reason, right? It's like, I don't, I would never advise someone to go and play at any level until they're ready to actually compete. Like if you don't think you can go and contend, I don't think it's worth playing. So that's the first thing I thought I was ready to play. Uh, the second thing was I was in, um, a really good position to get starts on the PJ tour. I figured that I'd probably be able to get six or seven starts, which I did. Um, I had good financial sponsor opportunities in front of me because I think, you know, for, for people at home, I don't think they understand how many people get caught in the rut of playing golf to like live, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's tough if you don't have money to start your career. And I'm sure that you did having won the U S amateur, like that's a big, big advantage. It's huge. And so I had that in front of me and I think that whole combination of feeling like my game was ready, um, not having to play for money and having opportunity to play at the highest level, I felt like I could, I could go do it. And I, I really like, I kind of figured that out like halfway through the spring season when I, I'd probably won, I mean, three or four tournaments at that time. And, um, you won the yeah. Jones Cup that year too. Yeah, yeah. I did. That's so great. yeah, I was playing. I was playing well. I didn't. I didn't. I'd won the Western Amateur mm-hmm. uh, the year before, and I just I felt like I was ready to go. And um, you know, I blew my shoulder out the last last tournament of the year at the National Championship. And at that point, right, it's like, whoa, all right, well, how much of the a first? How bad is this injury? And it was pretty freaking bad. Um, Cause like I, <laughs> I blow my shoulder out on the semifinal of the national championship, and our team is stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like basically our whole team's on the PJ tour, and I can't play in the final, and I have to forfeit my point. Um, so we're playing. You know, it's five on five. Well, you have to win three matches and we just forfeited one. So we have to win three out of four matches mm-hmm. to win the national championship. And we ended up losing in a playoff to Oregon, um, which is brutal. But I'm thinking like, all right, I got the U.S. Open qualifier next week. I'm turning pro tomorrow mm-hmm. and I got the U.S. Open qualifier tomorrow, next week. Like I got to get my shoulder ready, even though I just dislocated it five times. Like it's all right. Like it's all good. Whatever. Whatever. Rub some dirt on Yeah, it. just tape it up. Yeah. And I tried to like tape it up at that tournament. I didn't know. I didn't even know what a torn labrum was. Like, I had no idea. I just knew my freaking shoulder came out of socket multiple times and it hurt really bad. But um, and ended up being, you know, I went and got, I went and got a, a pin. I went and got a MRI, um, and my whole the whole like back capsule, of my shoulder was blown out, like mm. the entire thing. And so like if I were to try and do like a plank. Basically, it wasn't even sturdy enough to, to hold it in place. So the first doctor, he's like, you need to get surgery. I'm like, what do you know? You're like, just a doctor. I'm like, who are you? Yeah, like, yeah. What are you, a doctor? I did three years of business school. Right. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. I went to class like at least half the time. Exactly. Like, I'm no rook. Right. And so I ended up going and seeing uh, Dr. Cooper, Dr. Dan Cooper in Dallas, uh, Cowboys, Cowboys doctor. doctor. You know him? Oh, yeah. Great dude. And he told me, he's like, you, you have to do this. I'm like, all right. If two guys told me I got to do it, I got to do it. 
So, Two doctors told me they're probably right. Right. He does the Cowboys. He's probably right. Yeah. And I told him I did three three years of business school. I'm like, yeah. You dude, can't listen, just slide this I just this said opportunity cost in this podcast. Right. Clearly, I went to business Correct. school. Correct. Yeah. And so um, he's like, you got to do it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, how long is it? Like a month? He's like, no. It's like, it's, you're not going to touch a golf club for four months. And then you're going to play in your PJ Tour debut and swing 11 miles an hour slower than you did. Ugh when you tore your cool. shoulder great oh perfect Sounds okay good. cool yeah i'll turn pro tomorrow so anyways um i did i you know um i was very spon- uh very lucky to have like my sponsor stick by me that i you know we had obviously worked on yeah. these deals they were ready to go and um you know there was like we had to construct them a little differently but like they were they were solid and that was that was a really big deal especially with like uncertainty you don't know how you're going to come back immediately from that i i was confident that if i got healthy again which i felt good about that i would play great golf but i didn't know if that meant in six months or a year or two years i didn't i have i've never i'd never even had a surgery before and so um anyway surgery went great i busted my ass in the rehab i mean it was literally three to four hours a day every day for five months so you know i did that um it was nice to not have to juggle school. Like I literally woke up and just grinded mm-hmm. rehab. Started three days after surgery. Most people start six weeks after and just grinded. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I still like, I Colt, you would agree with this. Like there's so much to, there are so many players that are physically talented enough to compete at a high level, but they're not like the difference is the guys that believe that they can and then actually go and do it mm-hmm. when it matters. Right. And so I've never lost that. Like, even though I wasn't physically in great form when I came back, like it took me a full year to like get any kind of resemblance of speed back. Like I was playing, I ended up playing my six or seven exemptions on tour. Like I said, like literally 10, 10 or 11 miles an hour club speed slower. Um, that's a big change. I mean, you it's go, huge. I mean, and I wasn't and that's long. not just the driver. I mean, that's no, that's I'm hitting six yeah. irons from like 170. And What's right now I'm hitting that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saying, I was playing hybrid, cold, cold nose golf. <laughs> See how hard that and shit is. And I didn't is. hit it long then. And I mean, I hit it significantly longer now than I did even before I, I hurt my shoulder. But, um, you know, I go and play those exemptions and I don't make enough points to even get in the corn finals. And then, you know, golf's freaking crazy, man. I go and, Monday qualified and 40 mile an hour wins in Wichita. Like, you know, when you're, yes, you would know what this is. Talking. When you're driving, I was driving to Tahoe and you're driving to Tahoe on the freeway and it's blowing you mm. between lanes. Like, that's when it's blowing, blowing. That's and that's what it was like. It was there. honestly probably perfect for a Monday qualifier because if it wasn't, it would have been like nine under to get through yeah. and it only took two under. God, moving to Tahoe yeah. and a golf ball. Yeah. Right. Oh boy. Mondays so, in Wichita. Monday qualify, finish second and just, just get it rolling. Um, that got me enough points. I had no stat. Oh, so the point was I didn't get to go to Q school because mm-hmm. I was hurt. Yeah. So I had no status. Um, and so I, um, you know, get status on the, the Corn Ferry Tour. At the time, it was the Web.com Tour. And ended up just in those 12 events making enough. Uh, they did money back then, making enough money to get my card. Yeah. Just that, quick like that. Just like, second, yeah, like I mean, bam, So I'm I went back. from literally no status on any tour to, to tour. PJ Tour in June to what is September's Napa, right? Of three months. Yeah, just a handful yeah. of events, like 12. Yeah. He finished 23rd. Did that even surprise yeah. you, though, coming off the injury? Like, all right, I'm just back playing. I got no status anywhere. Let's do some of these Mondays. Like, I'm, you're a great player. You're yeah. seeming to get in. But, like, playing your way on a tour is a different deal. 
Yeah, but it's kind of like what I was saying earlier about like playing golf at Pebble yesterday. Like I was just trying to take it literally one round at a time. Like I have no status. Like if I start trying to like do this, I'm like, let me get into a place where let me play in an event that if I play well, I can actually like parlay this and see if I can play well. And I did. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's crazy how the game of golf works. Like sometimes great results come out of nowhere. Other times you're playing really well and not seeing anything and then mm-hmm. it pops and it's just a, uh, it's a crazy game. Didn't you go into the last event in Portland 25th? 25th. So you were right there. Like, you so know, dude, that's great. a nerve, right? Like make the cut probably. Okay. Miss dirt nap. So, um, I'm 25th and it's weird because the way those weeks work is like all you ever see is the freaking projections. Yeah. Like that's all you see. And I'll give you an example. Say the guy who's 90th, right? He tees off first on Thursday and makes a birdie. They project him number to one. Win. They give him $500,000, $600,000 at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, he's projected he's number winning. three in the fe- in the in the standings. You're like, okay, well, I just got bumped because homie just made a birdie on the first <laughs> hole. You know what I mean? So all you see is that, and you try and stay away with away from it, but it is what it is. I knew going in that I figured, and it was funny, like I had played, since I didn't get status till kind of late in the year, I'd played a bunch. Like I'd played like 13 tournaments in a row. This was my 13th tournament in a row. And I am beat ass tired. And I'm like, I just need to grind this week out. Like I'm not in good form at all. Like frankly, a top... 20 would be like i i got a lot out of it and i kind of just went into it with the attitude i was telling you about like the last round at pebble so i'm like i'm just gonna literally take one shot at a time because at least if i don't play well i know the process was as good as it could be and i i ended up finishing i think i finished like 20th 19th in the tournament and i think i finished maybe like 23rd or something on the the points list or the money list yeah Um, 23rd and get your pj tour card right so, oh, good story about that week. So I go play um, the Wednesday Pro-Am that week. And the next morning, I'm teeing off like 8 a.m. It's like a noon shotgun. And it's the, I believe the tournament is sponsored by Winco. Winco, mm-hmm. yes. Which is a grocery store. Grocery store Pro-Ams, they're Are flying everybody in. The best. And I'm going to go with... Minimum 50% of the amateurs have never touched a golf club before. <laughs> Beautiful prep, dude. And I show up to the, it was in carts, which was big. Um, and I meet the people that I'm playing with. They go, oh, we're from so-and-so. Great. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, it's our first time. I'm like, oh, first time Pumpkin Ridge? like, no, first time playing golf. I'm just like, yeah. we can't wait. There we go. <laughs> right, and so it was. It was. Uh, it was six hours till they, or I think they blew the horn at five and a half hours, and we had played fourteen holes. And uh, I'm like, this is just the ideal prep for the twenty-five guy on the money yes. list before he's going for his tour card the next. Teaching the Havercams how to grip right. it. Yeah. And so I end. I make the cut, and I get paired with Jason Gore on Saturday. Yes, that's my dad. And yeah. I am thrilled because I, I mean I'm nervous, man. I mean it's a big, big freaking week. I mean it's arguably the biggest week, honestly, of golf in my life to this point, even. Yeah, it's like final stage of Q school. Right, it is final round. Right. Yeah. And so um, I get paired with Jason Gore, and he is just—I mean—he's the best. 
and it really like lightened the mood and it, it helped me out a lot. It's it's crazy how I mean it shouldn't matter, but when you get that good pairing, it matters. Oh, it yeah. does. It matters. I don't care what anybody Every says. sports psychologist say it shouldn't fucking matter, but it but does matter. They it don't matters. Know. It absolutely freaking matters. You like you you want to get to a place where it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the fact is is like you know some dudes that you get paired with, like, and mm-hmm. then other guys you are thrilled, right? Just because you know, like, it's nice to have some chill stuff in between shots, even. Just a dude you can talk to that yeah. you don't hate. Shoot the shit, like, yeah. talk about get whatever football, whatever. Like, it's a long round, man. Like, you're out there, you know, f- close to five hours, and five hours of important shots is mentally grueling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of. I think there's a big advantage to being able to really dial in your focus for short periods of time and then somehow get away from it. And I just think if you get that type of pairing, it has to help in that regard. The best in the world that I've ever seen it, as far as just like he focuses for a short amount of time and get away, one of the best, Pat Perez. Like it is greatness to me. He goes and hits a shot, whatever, assesses himself, cusses himself, and then he's over there talking about what happened in the basketball game that night. Like it's just, it's really cool to watch. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's it's a it's a big advantage to be able to do that because I think you're sharper if you only have to focus for an hour and a half mm-hmm. instead of five hours. I know you you said you've been really really good at not getting ahead of yourself, but I want to go to Houston when you had a really good chance to win on the PGA Tour. Yep. And Ian Poulter just buried another putt over here in America right. to force a playoff. Yep. Give me your what was when the ball was rolling to the hole. Give me your thoughts. Well, can we put the rewind? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, would, I don't want you to quote me on these numbers, but they're pretty close. When we were on hole 11, I was like four back. Mm-hmm. You've played that that course. Yeah. It's pretty gettable, but there's also shit everywhere. Yeah. So um, I make like, I think I made, I think I made four birdies in like a six hole stretch to get tied for the lead. Uh, going into hole 18. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was four back. I think I made four birdies and he had made a bogey. I had a one-shot lead lead, going into hole 18. And that tee ball is brutal. Like, brutal, brutal. And, like, the whole field just blows into the right bunker. Blows it right bunker. Right. Well, here's the problem, dude. 190-yard bunker shot with that green when it was, like, there was fairly significant wind off the right is not fun. Trying to win for the first time. Right. Yeah. And so I blow it in the bunker and I hit a, I, dude, I, I freaking hate fairway bunkers. Like, I hate them. <laughs> They're impossible. And like, you put that circumstance, I'm like, it's fucking brutal. So I hit a sick eight iron from like, it's like 180. And I'm like, I'm just going to ship this thing. And I hammer this eight iron right at it. It comes like short of this ridge. And I have. I'm going to say 25 feet and Ian Poulter hits it five feet in front of me on the exact same line. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I had to move his coin or not, but it, it was literally the same putt. I'm like, I got to fucking make this. Like he's a really good putter. I'm going to sh- literally show him what this putt mm-hmm. does. And hey, I Ian, hit, don't watch this. <laughs> Close your eyes. I hit, I hit like honestly as good as a putt as I could ever ask to hit. It was I mean, so literally filthy. drip so speed, filthy. high side, balls breaking right to left with right to left wind with no pace, hits the right edge and like with straightens water. and goes an inch past. Um, tap it in. And I told Gil, my caddy at the time, I go, 
I go, sure as shit, he's going to make this. <laughs> it's disgusting, isn't it? So, well, it's just, I just showed him line. I'm yeah. saying, like, I'm a good putter. Yeah. If someone shows me the line and the greens are true, which those greens, when they overseeded, were as good as you would play on tour. Agree. I'm like, he's going to fucking hoop this. And he hit a dead I mean, he hit a perfect putt. And give him credit. I mean, this was not like a, oh, he kind of like willed in. Like, no, dude, he this was, was in the that gut. Thing. Yeah. This, as soon as he hit, he's like, I just watched this putt not snap towards the water. If it does the same thing, which there it's going to do, it's going to go right in the fucking middle. And it went right in the middle. And so, you know, we go back and play that hole again. But was even though he made it, and you know, he, you showed him a great line, was there still just like, just, do you feel like you get punched in the gut a little bit? No, or? I I honestly knew he was going to make it. Okay. That's he hit you with the. Yeah. He hit you with pass. that, yeah, too. That I was, felt like he was trying to set the tone for the playoff right there. That's fine. I mean, look. He hit a freaking hell of a putt, man. Like, what are you going to do? And birdie in that Yeah, hole, but not man. on my guy, Bo. Don't do Bo like that. It's the hardest hole in the course. Such it's arguably one of the harder hole. finishing holes in golf. Yeah. And he made an unbelievably clutch birdie. I don't think he had won on tour in a long time. Yep. You know, at least three or yeah. four or five years. I mean, that was huge. That was like his and, kind of revitalization. Yeah, and not to mention, like, I had just freaking, like punched him in the mouth on the back nine like we weren't head and head the whole time like i fell behind early and i was like coming back so that was it was unbelievable i've given him all the credit in the world it was a hell hell of a putt and you know we got in the playoff and i hit it in the right bunker and and he's gonna make par he has to two putt from 18 feet and that right bunker shot as you know is just brutal and so i tried to freaking hit it tight and i hit it too far in the water and obviously it's ball game at that point but no i mean Again, that was like oh, that was a that was a, a moment where I was three four back with eight to play. I'm like, look, I'm gonna freaking dial in every shot to the best of my ability, and if they go in, they go in. If they don't, they don't. But like, what are you gonna do? I felt calm again uh, in that moment, which is which is awesome. And you hear people talk about that, and it sounds like bullshit, but I think that that's something that. Going back to the thing where I said, like, I think it's important to play where you can compete, right? Like, you can't replace that experience mm-hmm. of of feeling those emotions. Um, and I think that every time you experience them, you get better. Um, especially if you can ideally, like, kind of run them together. Where there's not, like, such a big time in between. But you can't replace that. I don't think there's any way to practice that feeling. Yeah. Well, the game's obviously gotten a lot better. Yeah, I mean you're in a great place right now. You're you've always been a great putter. The swing's continuing to get better. Yep. I would imagine big things are coming for Bo Hostler, and by big things I mean the emergency nine. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh God, this it's is, an these, emergency. Don't do the quick hit. It's hitters. an emergency. First question: Where'd you get that jacket? <laughs> <laughs> Love that shit. Can I tell the the Kelly Craft quote on this? Yeah. What was it? So we're in the airport at Monterey. I'm wearing a. Is this on film or is this a radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. You too. Both. I got a little. I don't even know what you call this. Maybe a suede bomber. It's Peter. Millar That's a suede, suede. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. It's suede though. Let's yeah. go with that. Well, I'm not like a fashion guy. Pretty much my entire wardrobe is just golf clothes that I got for free. So, um, Kelly comes up to me in the airport yesterday. He goes, "You know him. He's like, guy's he's always dressed dressed to the nines. Like, mm-hmm. got his Gucci shoes on the whole night. He goes, you can't hide money.'" <laughs> and I go, 
You're wrong. You can't hide shop credit because I, I would never buy this thing. I got yeah. this off of the Peter Millar gift card that I got. This is Pete Miller. Shout, shout out Pete, Peter Millar. Petey. Yeah. Todd Martin. Appreciate you. Yeah. yeah, Toddy. All right. We ask this to everyone. Number one, hmm. trade lives with anyone for a day, dead or alive. Who's it going to be? Hmm. You get to be them. Whole day. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I'd say Tiger Woods, but I mean, the fame deal sounds pretty brutal. It's just a day. Just a, yeah, I could do it for a day. I'd be a Tiger for a day. You'd be all right for a day. Yeah, Hang I mean, out. I mean, like, I don't know about Tiger right now, but like two thousand Tiger. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty. You can pick a day. Yeah. You can run that ninety-seven Masters back and yeah. just cruise around and yeah. get you know yeah. slurp the whole way. Yeah. Wouldn't be a bad deal. <laughs> that is a good. Be, I'll go with that. Wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, all right, you get one night out on Sixth Street. In Austin, with one UT alum of any sport ever, who you want to spend? Who are you hanging with? Ooh, it's a good one. Mm, see, these are supposed to be like quick answers. The problem is, you ask you're too quick much. Answer. You're like a thinker, though. I know, so, but like so but that's every this. time I do something like this, this is my on least this favorite a little thing. Bit, All right, you know, there's a lot of it, options so it there. has to be a sportsman from Texas. No, it could be any UT alum. Oh, any UT alum. Any UT alum ever. One night, but you're gonna send it. You ever been to Sixth Street? Yeah, you ever heard of it? Party. Yeah, it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst? It's too dirty, dude. Too loud. Well, there's dirty. It's more like, isn't there like you're not wearing your suede jacket. Six six yeah, dude, you no, show up no, in that, bro. No. You're getting taken care of. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> show this guy velvet right. ropes. Um, I might go uh, Colt McCoy on this one, actually. Oh, he did That'd it. probably be a fun night. He New Scottsdale resident. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's in the house. Yeah. He's in the Great house. Great dude. C-Mac. And uh, his younger brother, Case, I was actually in school with when he was... Playing at Texas, another great dude. Yeah, good family. It's the whole fam. Yeah, yeah. Cole McCoy somehow still in the league made a zillion. Yeah, I don't think he's had to get hit in a while. Oh, he, mm, he dude, stepped, he's kind of nice when he comes in though. Smart, stepped in for Kyler, won two games. Yeah, he yeah. stepped in. He might be stepping in a lot. Oh, more. that's yeah. He's playing for the Cardinals. That's mm-hmm. right. He might be stepping in a lot more. All right, on your PGA Tour profile, it's got all these nice accolades, all this thing, but under special interests, it's empty. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So either talk to your management team, or is it just that you don't have any special interest? No, my special interest is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. And broad NFL football. Chargers. Chargers fan, but I'd love... like I Let's put it this way. If it's baseball, I'm not watching unless Dodgers are playing. Okay. I will watch any NFL game. Did you get to meet Mookie Betts at Pebble? I did. I... Oh no! Is there a bad story? <laughs> no, I, I was I like, I, I, was just, I was really pumped. I mean, like, Don't I never you. met the guy. Yeah. He's just quiet, mm-hmm. which is cool. But like, I'm not. <laughs> and so I was trying to kind of shoot the shit with him, and it just kind of wasn't. He wasn't having it. No, he wasn't having it. He didn't know I had two Dodgers head covers on my back. Yeah, he should know. Playing with Jar Jar Spawn. Jar Jar Beans. Jar Jar Spawn. Oh, I like that. All right, next one. Who do you think completes their college degree online first? You or Colt? Ooh. Ooh. You're both right there, guys. Yeah. A couple well, of bullshit well, yeah, online a, classes away from. No, mine like, aren't bullshit. That's the problem. Like, Mosier major. It's like speeding oh, tickets. I think I quit. Sociology. Okay, yeah. Exactly. We really have probably Colt because I have to actually do an internship. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do it, though. You are? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I will You do have it. to do an internship? Yeah, for the business school. What do you got to do? Sociology, you didn't have to do it. No, he can just cruise. He can <laughs> I don't know what the hell he had to do. I don't think he can do it tonight. If he How wants many years to. did you have left, though? 
I had 18 hours left. Okay, yeah, you're in front of me too. I got three jobs though. I don't have time for that shit. All right. Mm. Well, it sounds like the motivation's in my corner. I'm gonna yeah. go with me. Like we you were saying that whole thing about having believing you can do it. Yeah, I don't believe I can. Okay, do cool. It. No, I'll do it then. Got me thinking. We could use a good intern here. On also, car, dude. We got a lot of copies that need to be made. <laughs> Red Bulls. And, also out of tequila and transfusions that need to be fetched. We're out of tequila. <laughs> See, that never happened if you yeah, were that's here. That's why I'm on the look. We're gonna offer here. that up if you need biz- real world business experience. We'll hire you. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, for Col- free. To go back and finish that SMU. Colt's gonna have to forfeit like five years worth of of salary here at the Subpar Media Co. Mm, can't Smear. do that. <laughs> I like to live a rather lavish lifestyle. Oh, I know that doesn't work for me. All right. I like that question. That was good, though. Thank you. All right. Let's say we go back in time to that Houston open putt. Okay. Ian Poulter's going to miss it. But in order for him to miss it, you have to dress like Ian Poulter for the rest of your career. Will you do it? You look like, are we talking Ian Poulter like present day? Because that's not. That's no, fine. back in the. Like, like the gold, the all like gold, everything. All gold. Frosted when t- it was his design, the IG. And you got to wear the little oh, okay. baby visor, not the big boy diesel yeah, like gotta, real dudes I, wear. I got to wear the Lane Kiffin You got to wear the little, I have a name for it, which I won't say, but you go wear that right. visor. The baby <laughs> one. <laughs> that's an unbelievable. <laughs> the baby one, bro. Think of you. But, in the baby all right, one. let me ask you this: this frosted is, tips. Oh, I got a frosted. Right tipped up. You're from Mission VA. You're basically yeah. just going. Here, okay, but here's the question: You said that he's not going to make the putt. Yeah, you win. Okay, so you right. win. You win. Right, I win. But I'm saying, if he makes it, am I still going to the playoff? No, no. If what do you mean? You're no, making this too hard. If he makes you lost. Like, okay, you win Houston. No wonder you okay. never graduated business yeah. school, bro. You get to win Houston, no matter how the hell it done. You win Houston, but you have to dress like Ian Poulter back in the day. Yeah, that's tough. I think I'll I think I'll take my chances winning a different tournament. <laughs> okay, perfect. is it the clothes more so that, that leads you to that, or the or the visor, or the Look, baby visor? If there was someone that's going to do it, like he did it, I yeah, didn't did love it. it, but I'm saying I respected it. Mm-hmm. Now me wearing that stuff, those colors, like the big belt buckle, the frosted tips, like I just I couldn't I couldn't respect myself. God, you'd look great. You would look Should, nice. Would, Minus, would the jack? Well, I'd have to get like a pink one. You could warm up in that. That's like all day. Oh, okay. That's normal. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, it's casual. Yeah. It's like your tearaways. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. Does it concern you at all that my dog Grizz has not been the same ever since he ate a portion of your underwear at Phoenix Open yeah, a he, couple years and ago? And he buried the rest and in the backyard. Buried it. And he, gra- he, guess what? There's roses growing in that he's backyard. He's been limping in that around desert backyard. ever since. He was so normal, and then he ate some of that and buried the rest, yeah. and now he's not the same dog, dude. I know, I know. Well, I heard he's big time, dude. He's Hollywood. He you is. couldn't even get him in the studio today. I know, dude. He's got he's got. A it's a freaking Monday night. What's he got going on? <laughs> he's never been the same, though. But he's asking about you, so... We'll get you back in there. All right. Yeah, at the, at the Got day. another one now. Colt named him. Mm, I did. Yeah, Wally White. Wally. Walter White. Yeah, he's all oh, white. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. He's all white him. grizz. Oh, really? Yeah, dude, you'll love him. Love I did it. name him. He's a G. All right. There's a website called famousbirthdays.com. Not sure if you're aware of it. But you can type in any name, and it'll show, you know, who... Say it's June 26th. Sure. Most famous people on that. Well, you can also just type in a name. So okay. you type in Bo, oh. which yours is spelled B-E-A-U, right, so it's right. a little different. French. And it'll list off the most famous bows okay. in order. Where do you think Bo Hostler ranks? Oh, God. Oh, shit. In the world of famous bows. B-E-A-U bows, though. Yeah. So no Jackson. Damn, who's I mean, famous I, bow? Maybe I'm being arrogant. But I, <laughs> I can't I, wait to hear this. I don't, I don't think that I even know another person with my name that's oh, spelled that way. Is Shimbackler? I don't know. I would no, say I, I, fuck, I'd hope I'm in the top 10. Yeah. Are you going to it? Not even close. Uh, 100? 
No, there's, oh. they don't list 100. First off, there's there's only like seven Colts listed, and I'm not one of those. Oh, there's okay. there's a lot of Bo's. First off, you lost really? to a YouTube star named Bo Brooks. Never heard of Bo him. Bo Biden. Um, uh, no, yeah. Rest in peace. Yep. Um, there's a lot of them. You were number 47. Oh, shit. With the B-E-A-U's. But you made the list. Yeah, you didn't even make it. No. There's only seven Colts. You got McCoy. They don't have a, to be fair, they don't have a picture of you. It just says golfer, 26 years old. Oh, dude. That's not the most flattering egg picture of you. 47. Who are the Colts besides McCoy? Colt Ford, number one. Colt Ford over Colt McCoy. Yeah. Really? I just saw Colt. Wow. Mm -hmm. He plays in that Pebble Beach every year. Interesting. To be fair, though, uh, looking at this list, you're the only ball I've heard of. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So... Okay. Well, I got a, there's a girl in front of me. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of TikTok stars, YouTube stars. Was there a they girl? Was that a girl named Bo right there on the top? Yeah, left? Bo Popman. She's 19 TikTok star. Oh, yeah, Bo Garrett, movie actress. She's mm. 39. Okay. Yeah. You right. gotta, hey, you made the list. Yeah, I'm on it. You gotta be be proud. Top have, fitty. You gotta yeah, top fitty. You gotta be. <laughs> I get you in Augusta. You gotta be heavier. I don't on even TikTok. know why I looked at that. <laughs> you gotta get heavier on TikTok. Been telling you that. Um, all right. Next question from me. Who spends more time in front of the mirror? Your pro scratch partner, Taylor Wood, oh before heading out to the range in the morning, or Beyonce before the, going on stage at the Super Bowl? Oh, it's, it's the mannequin. T. Wood. Yeah. The man. 100%. If there's, one, if there's one hair out of place, he ain't playing. He, does, he WDs. Correct. He I makes he Adams woke up perfect. No, dude, there's that's a what lot he wants. Of work he, he, he wants everything. He wants it to look yeah. effortless. There's yeah. so much maintenance. That's in the that thing. Sleaze is always like, oh yeah, you know, I'm better looking, whatever. I think what <laughs> Sleaze is getting at is it's just, it's just he's just thinking he's lower maintenance. Of course, dude. Look at yeah. the gear. Yeah. Just now, you came swagged out. You, you tuck those pants into the socks. Well, it's my legs are too big. They don't go all the way down. <laughs> God. All right, last one. Most people your age, you know, look up to Tiger Woods, idolize him. That's in the golf world. Do you find it all weird at all that you modeled your golf swing after Colin Montgomery? Mm-hmm. Mm. I did. You used to, yeah. See, it sucks. It, you it changed because it. it was so Monty yeah, before. Is the visor, the lower body out, mm-hmm. the finish. It was Monty. Is it not as much anymore? No, it's very disappointing. I mean, I'm happy. He's it's way not golf. Monty now. It used to be really? super vertical on yeah. the vault through yeah. scratching the butt. Was that kind of? Uh, was that? Was he your guy growing up? No. You ever gone on Maury <laughs> Povich and find out like maybe you are the I don't know he why is I the know daddy? Why I did that. I, I think I still swing pretty similar. No? Well, he was an incredible iron player. He's well, one of the best. Yeah, he led the I never, I mean, European Tour in ball striking like 100 times. Yeah, what, he won the Order of Mary about 20 times? I guess that maybe I should just go back printed. to that. Never rolled maybe it I like just you. just hit that shaft as vertical at the finish. As get it up and down, scratch right. that ass. Right. That's how you know you finish <laughs> yeah, in If right I can get spot. the driver head like touching the back of my knees, I'm in business. If yep. it wedge sticks in your butt crack, you know you're right. You finish it on that left side. <laughs> Optimized. <laughs> That's it. Every teacher teaches it. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, the Bo Show. Thank you so much. You. Thanks Love for having you, me. Doggy. All right. Well, that was Bo Hostler on Golf Subpar. Dude, he's a very well thought, thought out dude. As you can tell in a lot of his answers, you know, you and I, we kind of just, our mouth speaks faster than our brain goes. Um, him, he sits there, he thinks about it, thinks about the proper response. Uh, we could teach him a lot. I just start blurting out words and hope at some point in the middle I find it. <laughs> he sits there, he contemplates, man. The guy is a thinker, and he's just such a good dude, too. I feel like not a lot of people have gotten to, to see that from Bo Osler, but, like, he stayed with me at the Phoenix Open. He's always joking around, laughing. He gets on the course and gets a little, like, you know, more business-like, like everybody else. But, man, if this kid starts to 
play the way he can and starts winning some golf tournaments, you're going to see a lot more of him, and he's a really easy dude to root for. You mentioned about when he stayed with you and your dog ate his underwear. Yeah, he's never recovered, Can you bro. confirm they were tidy whities <laughs> These things were – I think they were a different size than they were now. The man's trimmed up a little bit. My dog went in there and got after his room a little bit like he's going to do. He's just a little pup at the time, and he came out, and I swear to God, the guy's never been the same. He dragged him outside and buried him in the yard, and – He's been walking with a little a lip. One of his eyes there. kind of points to the side now. He's always running into shit. I don't know what, what Bo's got going on, but he's a, he's a great dude, man. A really, really nice kid. Been Like you said, dude, been good from the jump. I mean, he was leading the U.S. Open wearing braces. And, we, and when he talked about it, he's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's an easier one to lead. Like, pars are great out there. I'm like, yeah, they're You're just 17. handing pars out, out Tiger there. Tiger Woods 17. is in the field. Everybody else in the field that's pretty damn good, been playing golf for 20 years, they're playing the same golf course. He was like, yeah, that's just... You know, I didn't think I was ready. That's a pretty easy one to lead. I love his pro-am story, playing with guys that have never played. Oh. First off, that's the worst. Like, I'm glad you're out there getting introduced to the game, but to play a pro-am on the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, like, we need to have, like, a handicap limit. I'll never forget one year at Colonial. I can relate to this. I get the scorecard, and it's like two handicap, six handicap, ten handicap, and a zero. I'm like, oh, God, Hello. I got some players today. Yeah. So we get to it, and they announce the guys, and the guy that's a zero tees up and whiffs it twice. I'm like, what the? I was like, what's what happened? Then he kind of just tops it off, and I'm like, you all right, bud? You, you a little scratch? nervous? Scratch, huh? I was like, it says you're a z- zero handicap. He goes, oh no, I've never played before. That's just zero so rounds <laughs> ever. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, this is gonna be a long Could, day. And by the way, like, if you've never played golf before, like, would you want your first ever experience no. to be in front of pros on a course where you got to more or less like add them up and it kind of like, why not go to the range a few times, maybe cruise a nine at the Muni, just kind of feel your way into it. I wouldn't want to just be thrown into that if I'd never played before. It's time now to get to some gambling with our guys at FanDuel Slays. You know, we've been hot. We've been real hot. You had Victor Hovland We're last week. You're we close. Try. He was there. I mean, final group. What Try. more can you ask for? But it is on to the Honda Classic. Last week, we had the top 10 in the world all there. This week, they're all gone. Perfect. <laughs> so somebody here we go. This one's going to be a tough one to bet. But I believe if anybody can do it, it's gravy in the sleaze. Of Golf course, so dude. Far. We're up for it. All right. Well, step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free. And if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a range of betting options like outright winners, head-to-head matchups, nation- nationality props, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. How fast, Lee? Uh, Up in two hours, I believe, is the time. Tell me about your favorite. Right away. Tell, I mean, tell me about the yeah. real bets you like. It's, it's not a golf bet, but tell me about your real real ones you like. No, well, I mean, I love it. Goes, I say this every time. The same game parlays, dude. They're bam, 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 and you can stack up some chips. I've won a few of them, missed on maybe slightly more than a few of them, but I love those. Player props, live betting, of course. You get there late, boom, you want to get in on the action. And the best thing, I mean, it's like we say, dude, fast pay makes fast friends. You know what I mean? FanDuel, nobody pays faster, so you got a best friend in FanDuel right there. Get that money. And we're about to get one of the most exciting months of the year coming up, March Madness. Hello. Infinite. But let's Infinite focus. Options. Let's focus. Stay yeah, in the stay present. The course, stay the Honda Classic this week, where I believe your career I hate this, this where place. You say, I'm not sure that me. I'll even watch a second of it. It's like a flashback. <laughs> PTSD sets in. They show that 11th hole where it all died for me over there on the 11 after perfect opening nine. Everything was fine. Just decided to try to be a hero. I get sweaty palms. I started thinking, like, hit in the left rough, you're dead. There's place no, is there's terrifying. No it's just, there's just no let up. I hope they get some wind. I hope they get it a little bit tough. If it's calm, they're still going to kill it. But if it's windy, it changes that whole place and there's a beast. Obviously, meteorologists have been wrong before, but I looked at the forecast. Thursday, it's sunny every day, 83 degrees, 10 to 20 on Thursday, 
5 to 10 Friday, 10 to 20 Saturday, 5 to 10 Sunday. A little disappointing. Need that 10 to 20 to be an actual 20. Yes. And maybe drop that temperature down like it is in December when I was on a death march around that place. Well, the favorite is Sung J.M. going off at 10 to 1, I believe, followed by Daniel Berger. For me, my favorite, I'm going with a guy just finished tied for 14th at the WM Phoenix Open, his first start of the year. Lives down there in South Florida. When the wind blows, I mean, you got to be a good ball striker. Who swings it better and hits it pure? Louis Ustazen, 20 to 1. 20 to 1 for Louis. Hard guy to bet against. Seems when he shows up, he plays good. And I feel like he plays so little. We know he practices very little. The first tournaments back are like, that's his practice. Like, just getting ready. You know what I mean? Just getting back into form. And he plays well in those every time. His record, his first tournament of the year, is an absolute joke. I believe it's 13 times. He has like three wins and nine top tens. I mean, he's always there. He got more runner-ups and majors, too. I mean, he's just all over the place. So, Louie, I like that pick. I'm going to go with one here. Could be a surprise. Could be the least surprise. Guy just had a pretty good week. Joaquin Neiman. Wow. Going, going off back at to 16 back? to 1. So, I know he used a lot of energy. I know he's exhausted. He said it felt like a month, even though it was a week this past week. But, dude, he's 23 years old. He's got the thing slotted right now. He's hitting it so good. Like I said, letting strokes gained approach first 36 and strokes gained putting. This is a big, tough golf course ball striking-wise. I got to think that the, the swing doesn't completely leave him. If he shows up there with any type of gas at all, I think he can contend with this field. And he lives there. And he lives down there. Exactly. He's used to the Bermuda, the wind, all that. I'm going to I'm gonna ride the hot hand this week. It's second win. Maybe there's a hangover, but I still like him out there. All right, I'm going with the dark horse here for my next pick. Mm-hmm. He is 60-1. to 1. He's got two that top 10s this PGA Tour season. Had a top five at the Honda last year. Arguably, I don't even know if it's arguably. He's the best putter on the PGA Tour. I believe he did something, led strokes game putting like three seasons in a row. Denny McCarthy. D-Mac. Rolls the pill. All right, we'll see. And I think his caddy, Derek Smith, still hates us. I think he does, too. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay. that, uh, I'm rooting for you episode. this week. We love you. We love you. We didn't mean anything. Um... It's a big, I mean, it's a tough ball strike golf course. He's the best putter out there. I don't know. If, we'll see if he can get it around tee to green. It's a dark enough, course. But damn. Yeah, 60 to 1. Have at it. All right, I'm staying with a little theme here. I'm going all Chileans for my picks mm. this week. My second pick, Mito Pereira, 41 to 1. Okay, a little Chilean takeover. He finished 15th last week at Riv. He's a flusher. So many of the guys from the Corn Ferry Tour that are playing like this kid is really, really good. Smash He's it. got it. Smashes it. Pures it, kind of the same deal, putting a little if. Had a third uh, up in Napa earlier this year, but uh, uh, just coming off his best finish since that this past week. A little diluted field. I think you can get a guy like Mito coming up and, and uh, taking this thing. So I'm going 41-1, to 1, Mito Pereira, all Chileans for the team sleaze. So go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Remember to use my promo code SUBPAR to get this special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Must be 21 years older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, New Jersey, or New York. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York. Mumble, 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 mumble. You got that? Bet with, Span- with FanDuel. Just bet with FanDuel. Kill it. That's what we do. Everyone have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.